Welcome back to another episode of Life is Full of Daisies, where we talk all things life and becoming the best versions of ourselves. I'm Daisy Ayala, and on today's episode, guess who's back, y'all? It's our regular host. (laughs) That's right. Host, co-host, Norma. (laughs) Hello. So she is back because I wanted to do a follow-up episode because from my very first episode of season three, because I got a lot of people that responded and sent me personal messages or talk to talk to me personally. Um, and they resonated with what I was going through at that time. Um, so I wanted to kind of, I've decided to take y'all along this journey as I'm growing and learning how to cope with all of these things, especially now that I've been seeing my therapist, I think for a month now. And that definitely has made a difference because even when that episode aired, I was already like one session in So there was already difference, but, you know, I wanted to just kind of update you and also hit on a few things that may help some of you uh, figure some of your things out and it may help y'all heal and and know that you're not alone. And it's about breaking those cycles and finally making a decision in your life to just be a better person because you don't want to keep repeating the same thing over and over. It's just tiresome. Or more so, like, break those cycles, not be a better person, but, like... Well, you are being a better person when you break the cycles. I don't know why I feel like um, when you say be a better person is more like because you were a bad person before. That's why I say, like... No. Oh. But do you get what I'm saying, I get that. I get you, girl. I get you. Not... How to improve yourself. being the best version of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, just kind of hitting in on you know what's been going on as far as you know that first episode aired things were I'm still struggling through things even now I'll have my struggles but my therapist has been amazing because she's teaching me a lot of tools and techniques and one of the biggest things that I started doing is journaling so journaling has been my godsend because it's a way to vocalize what I'm feeling at the time. You know, like if I don't have my therapist on hand, I can't talk to her about it and I don't want to burden like my sisters or, or my friends about it. So journaling has been one thing that honestly has, I was resistant to it at first, but honest, I've started doing it quite often or when I feel like something's bothering me, I just sit there and journal what I'm feeling and then I read it out loud and it's like, okay, I'm done. And then you move on. How did you like even like because you said it wasn't your thing or whatever. So how did you make it your thing? Because like I, I I think I'm struggling with the same issue of like journaling. Like I know it's good for you, but I just struggle to write stuff down. I well at first, I mean, our therapist had recommended it. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't like doing journaling. I'm I was just it was a mindset. Really, it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I finally said, you know what? I went to Target, got me a cute little black notebook, you know, because I got to be on theme for my apartment. <laughs> And got a little, you know, aesthetics, y'all got a little cute black notebook. And then so it made me feel happy to like want to touch it or want to put stuff in it. And then I just put the date. It was short because she told me she's like, it doesn't have to be long. It could just be something short. Like today was a great day or today I choose to have a good day. Like just start by writing something small, like, you know, nine. What is it? Nine twenty six today. I vocalized something and I met all these people and I would hang out with friends or whatever, even if it's good and positive or even if it's a gratitude, whatever it may be, at least you're starting that cycle and that mentality of journaling. So when you do have a bad day, then you're going to know, let me write this down. 
And then you're going to journal it out. You're going to, if it takes four pages for you to like write it all out. And I think also, and I don't, I, I want to say I mentioned this, like, I think when I've in the past had boy problems or I was so angry and upset at a guy, I actually started doing like a letter as I was upset at them and I was like, I was going to give it to them, but I never give it to them. It's just my way of vocalizing what I felt. So letters have always been a part of my life, but just not journaling. Mm-hmm. My So to answer your question, I would say just kind of one, find something. Well, first you have to kind of take it back to like, why do, why am I so resistant to like this? this journaling. Obviously you're, you're nervous about wanting to even grow or wanting to like push those boundaries. And that's, that's normal and human, but I found it helpful to go and find a journal that I liked and that I was specifically dedicated to mm-hmm. that. And then, like I said, I just started, it's mm-hmm. all about just starting it. You, you're not going to feel like you want to do it. You're not going to be motivated to do it, but if you start it little by little, it's going to become a habit and you're going to realize how helpful it is. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yes. Thank you for answering my question. So one thing that I, you know, because in all transparency, after my one of my first sessions with my therapist, it was a lot of, which was amazing because she like just got in there and started asking me about like my upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, figuring out like where we could, because I'm always like, how do you even start talking to your therapist? But it's funny because they already know the questions to ask. And then the waterworks <laughs> come because then something triggers you and, and, I feel very open and vulnerable with my therapist immediately. Like I had a good relationship with her from the start. Mm -hmm. So once they start that first session really like started digging into like the reasons why I am the way I am, the reasons why I put so much expectations on myself, why like I'm so high strung sometimes and the reality and what I found, and this is an interesting fact, if you, if you, some of you already probably know this, but your upbringing, the way, even if your parents were pretty loving, it's still like if there wasn't a lot of emotional caring and emotional attachment, like they weren't, they didn't show that kind of affection towards you. That transfers over to your adulthood where you're going to try mm-hmm. to seek validation from these men because you never got that from in your childhood. You know, and especially in Hispanic, I think any household, I mean, it could be anybody, American, Hispanic, whatever. I think in Mm -hmm. a household where you grow up where there's just no affection or everything's Mm -hmm. kind of colder because of our parents' upbringing. Yeah. It does set you up to then want to seek that validation from another guy. And that's one of the that's one of the revelations I've made to why Mm -hmm. I'm so like I've clung on to crusty dusty (laughs) and it's because (laughs) and that's it's because I never all these other guys that I've ever like liked they've given Mm -hmm. me that validation and then I saw the relationship for what it was and then it just didn't work out so Mm -hmm. I was easily able to detach and move on whereas Mm -hmm. this one I never got that validation it was always up in the air and it was always just like questionable but in reality, I was just chasing that validation when in reality, I need to validate myself. I'm enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I Wait. don't need. When you say validation, like, what kind of validation were you searching for? Like, I think like- it was like to say that I was good enough or that I was loved or that I was I was what he wanted to he wanted in a partner. Yeah. Essentially, it's more like the self-worth type of thing where it's like mm-hmm. if I'm good mm-hmm. enough for that person, even though you may have a strong sense of who you are, mm-hmm. it takes that one guy to come or girl to come mm-hmm. into your life. You start questioning your self-worth. You start questioning who you are as a person. Yeah. If you don't have a strong foundation. 
So after that, that's one of the revelations that I made is I, that's why I haven't been able to detach myself because I'm also learning that I am an anxious attachment style and he's an avoidant. Let's pause for a moment and talk about attachment style. So um, explain that, Daisy. So honestly, I don't even know in full length because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be interviewing someone that actually will touch on attachment styles. Yeah. But we develop at, you know, as through a young age and through life, we develop certain attachment styles. The goal is to be a secure attachment, mm-hmm. meaning you are very mm-hmm. sure in yourself that you are, you validate your own self. Um, you don't need necessarily that, that validation from anybody else. Whereas my, I get anxious. So then that drives like well, how I respond and react. His is avoidant, meaning he, if things get too serious, he's going to just like stop, put the brakes on, and then he's going to ghost me or going to go quiet for a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because I'm anxious, I allowed that because I was like, oh no, I don't want to do anything to mess it up. And then I overanalyzed everything. So I just allowed it to keep continuing in that cycle. The worst. It's learned, like I said, I'm trying to, I'm, I don't really, I don't take my word for this, but I'm like, I'm learning these attachment styles and I'm learning, um, like I said, I'm trying to get, I actually have a therapist that's going to come on and she's going to go over a lot of these, these, the specifics of what these attachment styles are, how they come about. And we kind of will get deeper into that form, but I don't want to really want to touch too much on it because I'm not a professional and I don't Mm -hmm. really know. Which you can easily look them up. Yeah, because I was going to say, because I followed this person on Instagram, the brain coach, and she's, and she had posted that. And I think I was, here they are, guys. This is, yeah, you are avoiding. I'm avoiding. Here are the, there's four styles of adult attachment. And these is, so I'm just going to tell y'all since I don't really know, but I'm just going to give you a little synopsis so you can start, you know, learning about this about yourself if you notice this is you. So how you attach to other adults strongly corresponds with how you attach to others as a child. Four distinct styles of attachment have been identified. And perhaps recognizing yourself in one of them is the first step towards strengthening your relationships. Because if you're aware, oh God, this is just my anxiety or my attachment style coming out, then you know how to kind of work yourself through that and kind of calm everything down. So secure is autonomous. That's like what we all want to be right? Then you have avoidant, which is dismissing. You literally just avoid it. You don't like conflict. You shut down. That's me. (laughs) Anxious. You're preoccupied. I think people pleasers typically tend to be anxious attachments because I was a, I was, I'm a a recovering people pleaser. Um, and then there's disorganized. (laughs) Recovering people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'm taking, I'm much better now. It's work, work in progress, y'all. Then there's disorganizing, mm-hmm. which is unresolved. So those are the four. Um, oh, and here, here's a little thing about each one. Secure is low on avoidance, low on anxiety, comfortable with intimacy, not worried about rejection or preoccupied with the relationship. It is easy for me to get close to others and I am comfortable depending on them and having them depend on me. I don't worry about being abandoned or about someone getting too close to me. That's the goal, mm-hmm. y'all. Avoidant. This is Krusty Dusty, Norma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's High on avoidance. Low on anxiety. 
uncomfortable with closeness and primarily values independence and freedom. Not worried about partner's availability. I am uncomfortable being close to others. I find it difficult to trust and depend on others and prefer that others do not depend on me. It is very (laughs) important that I feel independent and self-sufficient. My partner wants me to be more intimate than I am comfortable being. Here is anxious. Me. Low on avoidance. If you know me, I don't avoid anything. If anything, I'm Mm -mm. confrontational. Mm -hmm. (laughs) High on anxiety. Hello. Crave closeness and intimacy. Yes. Very insecure about the relationship. I can be. I want to be extremely emotionally close. Merge with others. But others are reluctant to get close as I would like. I often worry that my partner doesn't love or value me and will abandon me. My inordinate need for closeness scares people away. (laughs) And then here's an anxious avoidant. Oh my gosh, there's a combo. Anxious avoidant is high on avoidance, high on anxiety. They're uncomfortable with intimacy and worried about their partner's commitment and love. Oh my gosh, that's that's crazy when we don't even want to go into that. But and then it goes I uh, this article goes into like just dis, just different different reasonings behind it, like dismissive, yeah. which is avoidant. They're emotionally distant and rejecting on intimate relationships. They equate intimacy with loss of independence. Communication is intellectual, not comfortable. So they're like matter of fact, talking about emotions avoids conflict, then explodes. Cool, controlled, mm-hmm. stoic compulsively self-sufficient, narrow emotional range, good in a crisis, not emotional, takes charge. So preoccupied, anxious, which is a moi, they're insecure in intimate relationships, constantly worried about rejection and abandonment, which a lot of these are precursors from your childhood. If you didn't Mm -hmm. get those securities when you were a child, then you develop these kind of anxieties. You're needy, which I I, I can be. I don't know. I think I'm turned into an I think I've turned into an anxious avoidant to be honest at this point oh my gosh we're isn't making revelations I know right isn't it interesting how we can be two different things but yet we were raised in the exact same household but it's all like about the perception I know for me let's see what was it for me I think I just didn't want to bother my parents with you know I guess well they didn't, never talked about emotion so I just learned to like not talk about emotion like at all And yeah, now I struggle to even communicate properly, um, you know, when in a relationship because I don't know how to. Well, that comes down to being vulnerable and you just don't like crying and showing feelings is a sign of weakness. Oh, I cry all the time. In culture. (laughs) Huh? I said I cry all the time. I'm okay with that. (laughs) You're like, I'm okay now. But it, it is interesting. But also the thing is, is like I'm was the oldest. So I felt different pressures than what you felt from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so sure. I had to set an example. And so that's where my need to like be a perfectionist comes from because I had that pressure and expectation. And now it's like I don't mm-hmm. know sometimes how to turn it off or how to like tone that's- it down to moderation. That's so true, and like no one expected anything out of me, so I was just minding my own business, <laughs> and I, I still am minding my own business. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, preoccupied and anxious, um, again, are needy, uh, requires ongoing reassurance, which I sometimes I actually do, I think, but I think over time I've changed, and if if my partner validates me and I know we're secure, then I don't need mm-hmm. all of that. But whenever there's questions about 
like where we stand, that's when that anxious attachment really comes out and that anxiety comes shows up and then I become more needy. And I hate being that way. And that's why with Krusty Dusty, anytime he would just like go away mm-hmm. because things got too serious, mm-hmm. I I I would go into my head and freak out, but then eventually I would calm it down and be like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not that needy attached person because I don't want him to run off even more. Mm-hmm. But in reality, he still ran off, so it doesn't matter. Um, they're highly emotional, can be argumentative, combative, angry and controlling, poor personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, this ain't good for me. Communication is not collaborative, unaware of own responsibility and relationship issues, blames others, which I honestly, I may, maybe my younger self was like that, but as I've aged and as I've gotten older, I don't think this necessarily applies to me as much. But anyways, that's kind of like the, the synopsis of what some of these are, but I'll have somebody on that's actually going to talk more about that and get into more depth and kind of give us real advice on how to change some of these things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this comes down to, again, working on yourself and learning to heal your wounds, learning to heal your traumas, because those are that's what triggers all these things. Yeah. Like when you are aware that, oh, like, oh, you know, your anxiety's creeping up. You're like, oh, no, it's creeping up. It's about you telling your inner child to, like, it's okay. I know you're scared and I know that mm-hmm. this feels different or this feels scary. Mm-hmm. But you have to tell that inner person, like, it's okay. We got this. We have, we, we know we're strong, independent women. We know how to take care of ourselves. That's right. It's you kind know? of amazing how much you can learn, you know, just from, like, I mean, like, even just following someone on Instagram that does a lot, a lot of therapy stuff or whatever. Because, like, as obviously I learned my encha- attachment style this way. But also, I think I feel like I have, like, ADHD because I get really anxious around, like, larger crowds and things like that. And, like, certain ways that I react to certain things. Like, I'm starting to believe that, like, I, f- I believe I have ADHD, which I never thought I did. But it's so interesting when you actually oh. put the effort into learning things about yourself. It's yeah, and that it goes back to being aware and figuring out and having the proper tools to be able to work through those things. Like, none of us are perfect. Our parents, you know, and even then, even when I was talking to my therapist about all of this, like, I told her, you know, initially I was like, well, I know my parents did the best they could, but I know that they didn't have all the proper tools. They had their own issues going on and they were just trying to raise us to be have a better life. And she even told me, she's like, I need you to stop excusing what happened and actually confront what was so like like, if they weren't there for you mm -hmm. emotionally then voice it out like that you did not have that emotional connection so tell me are you are you actually like whether it be sometime here in the near future or maybe a little bit later where you know how to properly say that to your parents are you actually going to voice that to mom and dad what do you mean like, you know, letting them know that they were not emotionally there for you. I mean, at Are this gonna- point, I can have that conversation, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know how much it'll change. I think mom and dad are better now. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I think that's why my attachments have gotten better over the years, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I used to be more high strung, more anxious, definitely the full description of anxious attachment mm-hmm. um, in my 20s. Now, after... Like me and my dad had a falling out when I was out of out of high school because of a boy. 
Yeah, go figure, God, right? Fucking God every day. I am. I think there's I'm, a there's a um pattern here, Daisy, <laughs> that I think you need to figure out. Well, no, but it was also what we needed because you know I was trying to be independent and I was trying to do the right thing, and my dad was just like he was holding on too tightly without trusting mm-hmm. me, and I didn't like that. So of yeah, course no. I'm gonna. And I wasn't a bad kid. I did actually. I did what he told me, but at some point I finally was, and, and you know, when you're young and you date someone that's a little older, they can definitely manipulate. And that relationship was abusive, by the way, it wasn't even healthy. And your parent, I, honestly, to this day, I can swear to you, your parents always truly know who's going to make you really happy. And they knew something because they hated him. Mm-hmm. It was just me trying to be rebellious. And it was my way of like testing and, you know, the grounds and in, in every aspect. But I think it says more that our mom didn't like him because, um, you know, my dad, he don't like anybody anyway. Vote for us. <laughs> no, but, he does. He liked I mean, Adrian. Of course he likes Adrian. But I'm just saying, like, my, dad will get along with anybody. But also at the same time, when it comes to his daughters, come on. Like, obviously he wants the best. But, like, mom will always be nice. But if your mom doesn't, you know, is actually mm-hmm. vocally stating these things, then Yeah. You know something's up. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, it, and I remember after we had our falling out, I finally, like, I remember when I came back and we talked and I apologized for what I had done. And, you know, I wanted to have a better relationship with my my parents and my family. Because family is everything. But, you know, you grow and learn, okay? This was when mm-hmm. I was, like, 18 mm-hmm. or 19. So... One, I remember when my dad and I had a sit down and, you know, I was apologizing and, you know, whatnot. But I told him, I was like, Dad, you need to do better. I was like, "Where you have three daughters. I was like, you don't even know anything about us. You don't know our favorite color even. I was like, you are, you're very emotionally distant. And I was like, I, I need affection. I was like, I need to have that from you every once in a while. Like, I need you to tell me that you love me. I was like, because I don't know if you do or not. That's just the way I and, – and unknowingly, that was a huge step for us because I was breaking a cycle at that point. Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, over time, I think it took Dad a little bit long, like, to get comfortable with that. But now, like, when we go visit him, he always gives us a hug. He comes and kisses us on the he cheek does. or the forehead. Like, he's much more affectionate, and you, he, I know he loves me, and mm-hmm. I know that. And it's always so funny because, like, you know, I think he struggles to obviously still say I love you, but, you know, he'll be affectionate and, and whatnot. And I think because, you know, we weren't told I love you as kids, I personally now in my day have a hard time saying I love you to pe- or, yeah, to people in general, even if it's just, like, in passing, like, you know, like, so you did something good for someone and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love you. You saved my life. Like, even that for me is like, wait, what? You love me? Uh, what? Like, it's so you, weird. Sounds like you need to unpack that, Norma. <laughs> I need to unpack a lot. But, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, like, because even dad, like, he'll say, he, yeah, you're right. Because even when we're on the phone, our mom has always said love you. And she's mm-hmm. always, our mom has been a little more affectionate. I do remember her always, like, kissing us goodnight and giving us a hug and you shouldn't leave the house Mm -hmm. without telling her goodbye and giving her a hug and a kiss like that. But I think from that's why they say that for, for children, it's so important for the father figure to show that emotion because that's healthy. 
like it's expected from a woman, but from a man, mm-hmm. not necessarily, which it needs to be more of a normal. Like that is expected of a man right. too. But whenever mm-hmm. he finally started, like we'll, we'll be saying, we'll be talking on the phone with our dad and then, you know, we'll be like, okay, bye. I love you. And he's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that goober. <laughs> yeah. So himself. that's cool. But we know that he does. It's it, but it's 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 taken us a long time to mm-hmm. communicate that, and that's why communication is so important. But it's taken us a long time, and me f- to grow up and know like he loves me, and it's in his own way. And mm-hmm. and you know he unfortunately hasn't dealt with his his childhood traumas and wounds, and mm-hmm. that translated over to his parenting style, and that trickles over to my grandparents because they're the same way. So it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's. You know, I've now taken that responsibility of breaking these cycles, generational mm-hmm. cycles. Like, yeah, I refuse to allow, you know, my future kids or nieces or nephews to not feel loved, to mm-hmm. not know that they have a voice and that they, I don't want them. I don't want my children to have attachment issues. I want them to be very secure and they have boundaries. They know how to set boundaries. They know how to respect them. Like those sort of things are very important. And um I'm just learning through this whole thing because like I said before, I didn't realize like I was avoidant slash anxious attachment. But as I've gotten older, you just learn and you start to work through all of that. And it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of work. And like the other day I had a session with my therapist and I was talking to her and I just told her some days I feel like crying, but I just don't want to cry because I'm, you know, walking or at the gym. And I was like, I think that's she's like, but why don't you want to cry? And I was (laughs) like, I don't know, because that shows weakness. I'm like, I don't need people to see me like that. They don't know me. But she's like, but that shouldn't matter. Like, if you need to cry, you need to cry. And she's like, crying is healing. Mm -hmm. And so it's good for us to if if you're angry, you need to, you know, go go punch a boxing bag or whatever or go throw some plates outside on the ground. Like Mm -hmm. you need to let but clean them up afterwards. Yeah. Clean them up. Don't be littering, (laughs) y'all. But she said, you have to go through these emotions in order to really grow. And I'm telling you, the last few weeks, I've allowed myself to just go through the emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's really helpful because if I'm upset, I'm upset. Or if I'm hurting, I'm hurting. If I want to cry, I cry it out. And then it's over Mm -hmm. and then I move on. And I just reassure myself, like, this is a part of the healing process. But also, if things trigger me, I try to figure out why I'm triggered by it. Yeah. Yeah. So I do need to tell y'all something, though. What? So right after the first episode aired, right, I had a huge breakthrough, but it was because th- I'm going into the next segment of this episode, how the universe and God will put the right things, even if you feel like it's not and it's hurtful to help you heal even further or faster. Unpack and that. Explain. So here's my example. And I'm going to get real, really real right now. Okay. Okay. Stripping out, you know, peeling off the onion, the onion rings or the onion. What do you call it? Peeling off the layers from the onion, y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a reference from <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, like, after that that same week that the first episode aired, I finally, you know, that the week before, I finally had made a decision to, like, let go of Krusty Dusty. And because I'm working with my therapist, so I was like, she pointed out some things that were unhealthy. And... You know, I was finally like getting into a good place where I deleted like our whole text conversation. I'm st- starting to delete things. It's taken me a while to like fully delete him completely, but that it takes baby mm-hmm. steps, right? Progress. Mm-hmm. So then, as I'm I'm going on my 
my typical walk that I do every a few every I do it for a few days a week. But this was a rare day because usually on Thursdays I don't walk because I usually work out and it's dark by the time I get home. You know, you got to be safe in them streets, okay? Mm -hmm. So I decided to just come home, chill for a little bit because I had a really long day at work. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go for a walk. Let me just because, you know, being in nature is also very healing. So decided to go on my walk and all of a sudden, and I got to say, I never run into anybody on my walks ever. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I'm walking along and as I'm getting close, you know, I'm going on my route, all of a sudden I look up and I see this person like walking towards me. Mm -hmm. I stopped dead in my stance and it was, (laughs) I saw Krusty Dusty and I, for a split second, I was like, maybe I should say hi. But Mm -hmm. I was also wearing like a cap and sunglasses. So I don't really know if I was recognizable at that point, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then all of a sudden, I was just like, split second. I was like, maybe I should say hi. But then nope, nope, nope. Avoidant Daisy. She turned around, started running the other way. And I I don't normally run on this path. I literally walk. But wait, I'm missing something here. Wasn't there someone there with him? Wait a minute. We'll get to that. Okay, okay, okay. so, okay, so we, so I was in that, when I saw him, I, he was, he looked like he was like about to stop or something, but I, like I said, it all happened so quickly that I just stopped, saw him and I just turned around and bolted like through another route thinking he wouldn't <laughs> go that way. Mm-hmm. I come back around to come up because I hate going under that bridge where the, the bats are because it smells really bad mm-hmm. on Allen Parkway. If y'all know, there's like a little bat bridge. So I come up so I can go up to the other side to keep going and as i come up i spot him with a girl <gasps> Dios mio. and that moment i just felt like somebody had punched me in the stomach i didn't know what to think i didn't know what to feel i just felt this like pit like nasty feeling like i was nauseous almost and i was just like i, I was numb and I didn't, I was like, shoot, now, now, now I'm behind them. And I was just like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this situation? Yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, maybe I'll just, I'll go up because the, the trail splits off. So I was like, okay, let me just go up this way. And, you know, because that girl had a dog. So I'm assuming they're going to go to the dog thing. Mm-hmm. So I go the opposite. I go on the other side because you kind of, you go above the dog park, I guess, if that makes sense. So as I'm going, nope. The trail ends from there and there's they're still there and, and then it merges back. So I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot. So at that point, finally, I just had to make a decision because it was getting darker and I needed to go home because I was hungry and priorities, y'all. And I had to literally make the decision to pass them up. And so what I did was and I at first I thought it was rude. You know, you know, the the, the polite person in me is like, oh, that was rude. You needed to say hi or whatever. But honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't want to see that girl's face nothing against her. This is not about her. I just literally put my cap further down so that like I was not really noticeable. And by then my glasses were off because it was darker. And then I put on a pump up song and put the, you know, sound on really loud. And then I just like ran, I literally started running as fast as I could right past them. (laughs) (laughs) Like Speedy Gonzalez. And 
And then I just like, as soon as I saw the stairs to go back up to like, so I can go to my back to my apartment, I literally just root, hightailed it up. And then I just left. And I just remember getting home and I did, I called Norma frantically mm-hmm. because as soon as I got home, I just, all these emotions, like I, I, I ugly cried. It was, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad y'all. But I now looking back, it's like, I was so hurt. And I was hurting so much that I needed to cry all of that pain out. And then right after that, I let one day kind of pass. And the next day, I sat down and I wrote a whole letter of just how angry, frustrated, how stupid I felt, how, you know, I gave everything. And it was four-page letter, y'all, that I wrote out just just pure frustrations. And I'm telling you, that was – it was what I needed. And even though it wasn't the way I wanted it to happen, I didn't really want to run into him – now looking back, it was what I needed to propel my healing and to really realize like he really doesn't care. Like no matter how hopeful I've been about the situation and how much I romanticized it, it was never going to be. It mm-hmm. just wasn't. And it's a funny way how the universe works. But sometimes even the pain that we have to go through serves a purpose in our healing and and to ultimately define and respect ourselves a little more. And, you know, going through that, like that, just that right there, just learning how to just work through it and finally know how to set boundaries with somebody because that's mm-hmm. my problem. I never set boundaries with mm. him. And so that was my funny story, although it was it felt like my life was ending at that moment. It was what I needed to see to finally be like, you know what, I'm I'm finally done. Even though I'm still there's still days that are a little harder than others. And I still think about him here and there, but every day gets easier. And eventually he'll just be a distant memory. He I always consider those kind of like loves and pains as scars because they're always mm-hmm. gonna be there. But it's a scar. It shows you that you've healed and it's gonna just show you how strong you are later on in life. Exactly. I feel so, like I should yeah. have like snaps. Snap finger snaps, y'all. Finger snaps. <laughs> but yeah, that's I I just that's what I learned um from these last few weeks. Um it's been a lot of growing and just moving on and you know, getting off of dating apps because they're no good uh right now. And then one other thing, you know, that I kinda wanna end this episode on and that I've learned is that self love and self care are two completely different things. Say what now? It's what do you mean? <laughs> Let's unpack that. Yeah, I need a little more details on that because say what? So actually, and like I said, I believe in how the universe and God like put things that you need in your life when they when you need to have them. So I've been through this like thing where I was like, oh, and then I I read it somewhere where like self care is you know you treating yourself and rewarding yourself you know, for thing and just taking care of you physically. Right. But self-love is setting boundaries, letting people know that they can't do those kind of things and not allowing people to run over you in those, in those manners. I screenshotted it because somebody said it so perfectly on in TikTok. And then I started seeing a lot of those videos This is from TikTok. So they said, I recently heard someone say self-care is not self-love. 
and my whole mindset changed. And that's a and this is this is the point when I found this this quote because I had just read about it and then I started reflecting on it and then it made total sense. She said, "Because you can work out, eat healthy, get a mani-pedi, take care of yourself physically and mentally all you want, but self-love is showing yourself kindness, doing your shadow work, setting boundaries, walking away from what's toxic and holding you back." even when you don't necessarily want to, but you have to in order to change. That is self-love. It's not just saying, oh, I love myself. It's actually doing the work and doing, making hard decisions of walking away from someone that you thought was your future. But in reality, they're not. And it's toxic. And you have to know that you cannot keep surrounding yourself with that. And that right there, my friends, is mind-blowing. I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm just, I was just like, what? <laughs> she it was felt like, that, you know, y'all. <laughs> I felt it to my core. It was like, you know, that emoji with the exploding head. Like, head? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is the emoji that went off. I was like, oh, and then all the light bulbs. And I was like, are you what? And I'm just like, that's so true because I've, I mean, I do a lot of self care. I take care of myself. That's true. But you know, that is the true. one thing that has been lacking in my life is removing the toxic people from my life. And it's been the hardest thing to do because you don't want to do it. You don't you don't want to let go of the that potential future. But in reality, was it even a future if they didn't no, care? It was not. No, no. So that is the revelation that I want to leave you with out of this entire episode of me just rambling on about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you are giving yourself some self-love and know that when you are healing. You have to give yourself a little bit of grace and kindness because some days are so freaking hard. Like you just, you don't feel like yourself. You don't want to go work out. You don't want to do anything. All you do is want to watch TV and -hmm. just cry and think about this person or look at the pictures or look at text or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not healthy because you're literally rereading an old chapter instead of just going on to the next chapter of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the old saying, if they wanted to, they would. (laughs) That comes from the book of Daisy. Um, What is it? Revelations (laughs) 926. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, guys, that is what I I mean. That's that's what's been going on. And I just wanted to kind of let you in on my my healing. And I've been able to meet up with friends and just kind of fill my life with the people that really bring value. And I had like today I had an amazing conversation with one of my friends and she and I are like kindred spirits, to be honest. Like I love hanging out with her because it's like she understands me and she's also on a healing journey and she's also in the same phase of life as me. And it's just very refreshing to be able to have somebody to walk through life that is also doing the same. So they understand you at a whole different level. That's true. It's nice to meet people that are in the same journey because it kind of helps in a way. Yeah. And I'm always like, find your tribe and, you know, your friendships that you've had forever. They're going to change, especially if they're getting married and having kids. Their life and where they're at in their life is very different than where you're at. You've decided to if you're single and you're working through things and you've been through some toxic relationships, you know, because mm-hmm. Bumble and Tinders keep getting mm-hmm. in the way. Mm-hmm. It's OK to take time to just work on yourself for a little bit and really, really like look deep down and figure out what's triggering you, why you keep going, why there's the same cycles happening or why there's the same patterns happening with the guys that you date. Really Mm -hmm. step back and like analyze it and be like, wow, maybe. And even just getting a therapist 
to actually help you decipher all of this is yeah. probably probably my number one advice tip for anybody. Yeah, you everyone know? can use a therapist for sure. I hope this episode has helped you. Um, like I said, if y'all, if you actually enjoy hearing like my journey as I'm healing and learning all these things, then you know, send me a message. I, I really do appreciate hearing it because that helps me kind of cultivate different content for y'all, and it, it helps me like let y'all in on what's going on with me and how I've the progression of this journey that I have. And I, I'm actually really happy that I'm able to record it and put it out. So I always will have it. So later on in life, I'll be like, wow, this is how far I've grown. Yeah. Like I thought that was like, I thought he was it for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine like listening to this two years from now or something. Be I'm going like, to probably oh be gosh, like, oh my God. I was gosh. such an idiot. <laughs> what was rough? No, that was old unhealed Daisy. This uh-huh. is healing. This is in progress, Daisy. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to be Daisy 3.0. 3.0. Okay. Like I keep telling everybody, therapy Daisy is a whole different. She's on a different level, y'all. We oh, are Lord. Le- like, what is it? Sierra? Who is it? Level up? Oh, yeah. Level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we leveling it up, y'all. Okay. And I'm finally like, I can honestly say, and uh, this week I actually wrote it in my journal, I'm finally starting to feel like myself again. And I, I get tears in my eyes because, and I'm I'm going to get a little teary-eyed here. A little mushy. Vayora. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I finally have started to feel confidence in myself again. I'm starting to feel that joy again. Like that joy in my heart. Like I haven't felt that in a long time. A lot of it. I can attest to just being open about this journey, having a solid friendship and having a good tribe to like go through it, but also having a support system that helps me and mainly having my therapist and really, really leaning into looking at all the ugly that I have in me and understanding and how to heal that. Like that's what's really helped me is my therapist helping me confront all the mess all the nasty that I don't want to confront. And that is a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful journey. And two years from now, I'm just going to be a whole different person, a better person. Y'all take care of yourselves. Show some love, show some kindness and make sure to take care of you and set boundaries. If you don't want to go out, then don't go out. If you need time for you, then take time for yourself. That's right. Amen. Preach it to the choir, y'all. Preach it. You know what I just realized? Ever since you started talking to your therapist i've received less calls from you so therefore (laughs) wow what a revelation what revelations this sunday has i mean i know it's gonna come out tuesday but like (laughs) it's sunday all we are in sunday church yeah actually i don't feel the need i mean sometimes i'll i'll call you now just to like see how you're doing and just chat about us she actually actually calls me to ask me about me (laughs) (laughs) and that's also another hard truth is realizing that i didn't really ask like my sisters how they were doing i would ask every once in a while i'll ask but then when they didn't want to really talk then i just talked about myself Mm -hmm. but because i have my therapist to help me with all of these things now i just talk and ask them like what's happening in their life and what Mm -hmm. is actually like we just talk talk about real things not like what's bothering me i'm not using them as my punching bag i'm i'm my therapist is my punching bag 
Yeah. So, see, that's another revelation right there. If you constantly call, whether it be your friends, your family, or whoever, and you basically just are always talking about your problems with them, not to say that it's like the, you know, a bad thing, but like, and you're not going to a therapist, it's actually better for you to go to a therapist, get that out of the way with your therapist. That way you can focus on different conversations when you speak to, you know, those that you speak to. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There is still, it's still good to have friends to like vent about like work and relationships and stuff like that. But it shouldn't be like all the time where you're relying on those on like, I relied a lot on like my sisters for that before. Mm -hmm. And And now it's like, I'm not licensed. Okay. I did not go. I mean, although at work that literally I am the work counselor and I literally (laughs) should be paid $150 an hour because Every day, I just have something new. I mean, see, you problem solver. So I don't know. It's it's just I'm just sharing with you my journey and what I've experienced and how it's changing my life and how it's helping me even build better relationships with my sisters and my friends. And it's making me more aware of like what I was lacking as a person so that I can be an even better friend, sister, daughter, whatever. That's awesome. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my podcast today. <laughs> you know, I thank you for the follow-up and the update. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been a pleasure and a delight. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have you in like a month to follow up with you again. Yeah, we'll give y'all monthly updates. You know, we, we can talk about life too. Um, mm-hmm. But y'all, this has been amazing and fun. D- you know, remember, self-love and self-care are totally different things know the difference y'all and don't forget to follow us on life is full of daisies on instagram where you can dm me or you can email me at hello daisy at gmail.com that is h-e-l-l-o-d-e-i-s-s-y at gmail.com and that is where you can send me message me let me know what your thoughts are about this this uh, episode or about life in general if you need a little a little friend to be there on your side and also guys don't forget to go on apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review because that helps us continue to grow and you can find us anywhere. I actually, I am now officially on Amazon Music, y'all. Mm. What? Oh Jason's podcast is going big. So <laughs> we and so you can go to my link in my bio in my Instagram, and you'll have all the different ways to listen. But Spotify and Apple are the biggest ones. Everybody's got at least those. Or like I said, Amazon Music now as well. We have Google Playlists as well. Um, we're on different platforms. But y'all. It's been amazing. Have an amazing week. And don't forget to be kind along the way and do an act of kindness.